Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a weekly look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Coming up, we'll have a look at this week's Louisiana Ag News headlines. We'll look inside the markets with commentary from experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. We'll check out the latest happenings at the state capitol and in Washington, D.C. in our grassroots government segment. And we'll hear from one of you as we take you to the fields and pastures of the Bayou State and find out the latest in crop and cattle conditions. All of this and more coming up on this week's podcast. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this inaugural edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. My name's Kerry Martin, and we have a lot of great information coming up for you. As you heard in the intro, we are going to talk about Louisiana ag news. We are going to talk about the markets. We are going to talk about government, and we're going to talk with one of you out in the field to see what's going on out there on the farms and ranches of Louisiana. So a lot of great information coming up, but first, I have a couple of things that I want to go over with you. First, this is a weekly podcast. Our goal is to put a podcast out every Friday afternoon. Uh, The reason for doing it on Friday is that that's just a great time to look back on what happened that previous week. Plus, things are kind of slow on the weekend, so it gives you a few days to listen to the podcast and digest what's been going on before things get kicked off again on Monday. Secondly, Although we say this is going to be a weekly podcast, there will be some weeks where we can't produce one. Uh, I may be sick. I may be on vacation with my family. Uh, Who knows? A lot may be going on, and I just can't get it done that week. But as a general rule, we're going to produce a podcast every week, with a few exceptions. And I'll try to let you know ahead of time when we won't be producing one. Where can you find the podcast? As of right now, we're planning to have four outlets for this podcast. Number one, our website is where we're going to actually host it. That'll be the place where we post it and then send it out from there. Our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org, or you can cheat and use the shorter version, voiceoflaag.org. Either one will get you to our site. It will be posted on the site. You'll see a podcast tab at the very top of the page. You can click on that. You can find the current episode as well as all the past ones. They'll all be archived there on the site. We'll also send it to iTunes for those of you who use Apple devices. We'll send it to the Google Play Store for those of you who use Android devices. And we'll also post it on SoundCloud. That's just a popular place for a lot of people to find audio and we're going to post it there as well. So the website iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Those four places you should be able to find the podcast every week. Use whichever one you like or whichever one works for you. So a lot of great stuff coming up, and we're really excited to get this first podcast started. So hang on. Here we go with news right after this.
This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau has been working for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers since 1922, and that work continues today. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. Farm Bureau knows you're busy running your operation, so while you're at work on your farm or ranch, Farm Bureau is watching out for your interests, so join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Here's a look at the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Topping ag news around the world here in the nation and in Louisiana is the potential trade war with China. Of course, President Trump announcing potential tariffs on Chinese steel and aluminum, and the Chinese have announced potential retaliatory tariffs on a laundry list of U.S. agricultural products. Among the most important to Louisiana, soybeans. Soybeans are Louisiana's number one row crop, with over 1.2 million acres planted last year. And with China threatening to slap a 25% tariff on imported U.S. soybeans, Louisiana farmers are worried about how that could affect their bottom line. We have no clue as to how much it can impact our bottom line, but it, it would be substantial. When you start talking about a 25% tariff on soybeans, and we are the world's largest exporter to China at the time, that's a problem for us, and it will be immediate. And it'll be big. That's Richland Parish farmer Dustin Morris, who says the volatility in the soybean market has definitely caused some anxiety as he gets ready to put his bean crop in the ground. It's a very nerve-wracking time, and it's an exciting time, but at the same time, we're, we're just very volatile right now. Um, uh, you know, it does cause some sleepless nights. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry Dr. Mike Strain says China imports some 93 million metric tons of U.S. soybeans every year. Their production is about 14.5 million metric tons. Nearly two-thirds of all U.S. soybean exports, 62%, go to China. So the discussion is what will happen based on the effective rates of the particular tariffs. Uh, If the tariffs reach a certain point, what will the effect on our industry be? Will it make us non-competitive? Will we lose market share again to Brazil and other countries? Best estimates by studies done at Purdue University show a 10% tariff on U.S. soybeans. We would expect soybean exports to China would fall by one-third. LSU Ag Center Ag Economist Dr. Michael Deliberto says that if these tariffs do take effect, Louisiana farmers will definitely feel it here at home. China is a major destination for American soybeans, and any, any factor that could reduce our ability to send competitively priced beans into that market has a price decreasing effect here at home because China is such a large buyer of American soybeans. St. Landry Parish soybean farmer Stephen Quibito says he understands that the president is getting tough on China, but at the same time, it's affecting a lot of farmers' livelihoods. We all voted for him because we're thinking that he's going to do a good job. and I know he's playing hardball. You know, in the time of playing hardball, he's, he's dealing with a lot of lives as farmers. Quibito says the soybean market has been very volatile since the soybean tariffs were announced. It was about a 40 cent drop uh, overnight trading. And I mean, you know, us as farmers need every penny we can. You know, a penny doesn't sound like a, 
like a lot to most people, but when you sell it 100,000 bushels a year, every penny makes a big difference. The Louisiana Crop Progress and Condition Report this week shows that the Louisiana corn crop is practically all planted. 95% of the corn crop now in the ground, well ahead of the average pace of 85%. Rice planting now hitting 76% done, ahead of the 68% average pace. Sorghum planting now at 15% complete, and we've got a few soybeans in the ground. We're now 9% planted for the Louisiana soybean crop. Crop ratings. We'll start with sugar cane. 7% rated excellent, 34% good, 53% fair, and 6% poor. Rice, 1% excellent, 64% good, 28% fair, 6% poor, and 1% of the rice crop rated in the very poor category. The cold, wet spring has definitely caused a decrease in Louisiana corn acreage this year. That's according to LSU Ag Center corn specialist Dan Frommy. We're getting on the late side here, especially down here on the, the bottom part of the state. Uh, we'll probably see uh, start to see more acres shift to soybeans. Making some projections this year, you know, we may be around 400,000 acres this year. And that would be a 10 to 20% reduction in acreage compared to last year. Frommy says last year's planting conditions were just perfect. Last year we just had ideal conditions in March, which is our optimum you know, planting time to plant corn in Louisiana. Of Oils Parish farmer Jason Goche says later corn planting this year will increase the risk to his crop. I think if we get a real hot and dry summer as a possibility, you know, we, we'll lose some yield, the pollination, it might affect the pollination, but nobody knows. We'll have to wait and see. That is a look at some of the top news in Louisiana agriculture this week. Remember, you can find all of the latest Louisiana agriculture news on our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org or voiceoflaag.org. We update that every weekday with the latest stories in Louisiana agriculture. You can also subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. And it has all of the latest news headlines as well as market information and the ag calendar in it. It comes to your email box every morning at 5 a.m. You can sign up right there on the website, voiceoflaag.org. We have talked a lot about the Chinese tariff situation and its effect on the soybean market. We'll dive a little deeper into that subject with grain marketing specialist Greg Fox with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association coming up next. Plus, we'll take a look at the latest cattle prices from around the Louisiana Livestock Auctions. All that and more coming up on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. I grew up in Louisiana farm country, and I know all the hard work and sacrifice that you put into raising livestock, growing a crop, raising a family, and running a farm. Farm Bureau puts that same hard work and sacrifice into making life better for you and your family, so join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now let's look at the markets with insight from the experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Now to take a look at the markets, we talk with Greg Fox. He's a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Greg, let's uh, start talking about the soybean market first. We've seen this bean market have just good, slow, steady strength throughout this week. What's behind that? Why all the strength here in beans? Tuesday we saw our monthly report on grains. 
We showed a lower carryout in stocks on soybeans, so that helped drive the markets up a little bit. And then we continue to see decline in the South American production, specifically Argentina. You know, they went from 47 million metric tons down to 40 million metric tons. And I think by the time we see the May report, that'll come down a little bit as well. So you're seeing demand because of that, less production in those areas where a lot of countries kind of go first for their soybean purchases. Now we're going to see some shifts to the U.S. and we've seen some export business out of the U.S. for uh, new crop soybeans. Well, Greg, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about the Chinese tariffs and the effect that's had on the market. You know, the, the market was shook a little bit about that uh, here a couple of weeks ago, but we've really recovered all of those losses. Yeah, a lot of that was just talk. Um, uh, they decided to negotiate and kind of look at things a little differently and, and look at the trade deal. And so that's helped rebound the grain market. And, you know, most of the folks just believe that China's not going to be able to avoid U.S. beans. Uh, of the 85%, they import 40% that comes from the U.S. roughly. So they can't go without beans. And if they do put those tariffs on soybeans, it's going to hurt their internal prices more than it'll hurt us. So it just overall wasn't a good deal for them. And as talks kind of gone more positive, we seem to be market react to a positive note on that as well. Greg, let's talk the corn market. You know, while we've watched soybeans have this good, strong, steady climb over the last week, uh, the corn market really hasn't seen that. Uh, why no strength in this corn market this week? On the report Tuesday, we saw carryout stocks increased on corn. Uh, we saw really strong demand early in the year for corn. A lot of that was old crop corn. Um, but we just can't seem to chew down the supply. You know, they've added back to those stocks, and we're just not looking like we're going to run out anytime soon. Projected planted acres look fairly strong for corn. They're down a little bit from the numbers last year, but, again, these are early numbers. So we just can't seem to, to really get steady on the upside. It's up a little, down a little, up a little, down a little. So it kind of nets out the same. If we could see wheat, kind of maybe take off and get a nice little rally. I think that would help the corn market. Um, but it's going to take a while, I think, before we see any fireworks on the corn side. Greg, you mentioned wheat. Uh, I know we have very little wheat here in Louisiana, but uh, how are things looking going into this uh, harvest uh, coming up here this summer on the wheat market? So far, the folks that we spoke to that have wheat are satisfied with the way it looks so far. Of course, it's one of those crops you got to get in it to really see what you have. But prices are quite a bit better than where we were at this point last year. Um, a lot of parts in the Midwest that uh, the big wheat areas went through some rough weather, and there's some concerns about the quality of the crop and just the overall size of the crop there. So we've seen the markets react to the plus side on that. You know, we were deep into five dollars at some point, and that's settled back down since. But you know, we could see some fireworks on the future side. Just unfortunately, the basis and timing of our winter wheat crop harvest uh, were just. We're going to have to wait till we get there to see if we're going to see any big positive numbers on wheat basis. Hey, Greg, let's talk weather for a minute. You know, it's been a cold, wet spring here in Louisiana. I know we've uh, gotten a lot of corn planted, but uh, it seems like that weather is going to affect the crop mix, I guess. Are we seeing a lot of uh, maybe delayed corn acres being switched into soybeans here in Louisiana? We will. You know, I've talked to a few farmers that still haven't planted corn, want to plant corn. They have to plant corn to cover for some forward contracts they have out there. You know, so if they were going to plant 1,000 acres, they might only plant seven, 800 acres, just enough to cover their contracts, and those extra acres will go into beans. And even before the planting season, just by the price difference between corn and soybeans, a lot of folks decided to switch over a few more acres to soybeans. And we did see a few acres switch into Milo just for rotation purposes, but 
overall, we are going to be lower on corn acres. And once it's all said and done, we'll probably be down a little bit more than what was anticipated for Louisiana. All right, Greg. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Greg Fox, a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Let's take a look at how the markets wrapped up on Friday. We saw lower prices in soybeans, corn, and wheat. May soybeans down six and a half, ten fifty-four and a quarter. New crop November beans down four, ten forty-nine and a half. May corn was down two and a half, three eighty-six and a quarter. September corn down two and three quarters, four oh one and a half. July wheat down nine cents, finishing the week at four eighty-nine and a quarter. We saw a Higher close in rough rice, May rice up 22 and a half, 1311 a hundredweight. September rice was up one and a half, 1217 and a half. A mixed close in cotton with old crop May down 28 points, 8341. New crop December cotton up eight, closing at 7891. July sugar was up four points to close at 24.95 cents. Let's switch over to the livestock markets now. We'll look at a couple of livestock auctions here in Louisiana. Now we only have two auctions. Auction barns that release market reports. That's the Red River Livestock Auction in Cachata and the Kinder Livestock Auction in Kinder. Of course, you know, years back, the Department of Agriculture and Forestry used to release market reports on several of our cattle auctions around the state, but they stopped doing that because of budget issues. So now we rely on the barns themselves to release market reports, and these two are the only two that we get. We started the Kinder Livestock Auction on Monday. They sold two to three weight feeder steers from $1.45 to $2 a pound. Three to four weight steers brought $1.40 to $1.80 a pound. Four to 500 pounders, $1.30 to $1.65. Five to six weight steers, $1.25 to $1.55. And six to 700 pounders range from $1.20 to $1.40. Bread cows brought a low of $500 to a high of $1,300 a head. Cow-calf pears brought $700 to $1.50. 1500 a pair. Now to Wednesday, where Red River Livestock Auction held their auction in Cachata. Two to three hundred pound steers brought a dollar forty-seven to a dollar ninety-seven a pound. Three to four weight steers a dollar forty-five to a dollar ninety. Four to five hundred pounders range from a dollar thirty to a dollar eighty-seven a pound. Five to six weight steers a dollar thirty-seven to a dollar sixty-five. While six to seven weight steers brought a dollar twenty-two to a dollar fifty-five a pound. Cows brought a low of two hundred dollars to a high of fourteen hundred a head. Cow calf pairs range from five hundred to 1500 a pair. We have a very big cattle sale happening in Louisiana this next Friday, April 20th. Superior Livestock Auction will be hosting one of their big sales from Natchitoches, Louisiana. We go to Natchitoches to talk to Rayburn Smith. He's a representative for Superior Livestock. And Rayburn, I know we've got this big sale coming up on Friday in Natchitoches. Yes, sir. We do. It'll be the third annual sale in Natchitoches called the Gulf Coast Classic. Uh, it's featuring southern cattle. They're putting on the sale kind of for, you know, for our cattle. And uh, there'll be Right at 10,000 Louisiana cattle in that sale. Oh, let's see, about 9,000 calves. It'll be about 1,000 yearlings, wean cattle, and, and feeder cattle. One load of good bread stock. We're going to have about 45, 50,000 head of cattle. Florida will have 107 loads. Louisiana will have about 125 loads. But there'll be a cattle from Texas and Oklahoma as well. Some of the best cattle that's in the South offered in this sale. Where are you guys actually holding that sale there in Natchitoches? Where is it going to be headquartered? It will be held at the event center, 20 room. Everybody's invited. It's just a it's just a really good thing for Spirit to come down here and do this for us. You know, we in Natchitoches, and everybody has a great time. And then also following that, on Saturday, 6 o'clock, we have our annual crawfish ball at Raver Smith 
crawfish bowl and we'll have everything in the world homemade cracklings and boudin and you name it we'll have it well i know that crawfish bowl has become legendary i've heard a lot of stories about it uh, we have people from all over the country and some foreign country show up actually we'll have usually have seven eight hundred people attend well raven i appreciate your time thank you very much yes sir thank you very much coming up next it's time to take a look inside the halls of government in our grassroots government segment That's coming up right after this on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Louisiana farmers and ranchers dedicate their lives to producing the food we eat and the clothes we wear. Agriculture touches all of us every time we sit down at the table. So support Louisiana agriculture by joining Farm Bureau. And you don't have to be a farmer to join. If you're already a member, we thank you. Your membership supports farmers and ranchers right here in your local community. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. It's time for a look inside the halls of government in this week's edition of Grassroots Government on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. In our Grassroots Government segment this week, we go to Washington, D.C. to talk with Louisiana 5th District Congressman Dr. Ralph Abraham. Dr. Abraham is the only member of our congressional delegation to sit on a congressional Agriculture Committee. He sits on the House Ag Committee. He has very strong ties to agriculture as well. Uh, He owns farmland in Louisiana. His daughter Ashley is married to Dustin Morris. Dustin is a farmer in Richland Parish, and you may have heard Dustin earlier in our first segment of this podcast. And Dr. Abraham himself is a veterinarian in addition to being a medical doctor, so he has a lot of ties to the land and to agriculture. Avery Davidson caught up with Dr. Abraham yesterday in his office in Washington, D.C. and talked to him about the Farm Bill. Dr. Abraham says we are ahead of schedule and things are really going to get rolling on this Farm Bill this coming week. Avery? Here on The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture, we're joined by Congressman Ralph Abraham from Louisiana's 5th District. And Congressman Abraham, you're joining us at a very important time for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers. We're about to have the markup of the Farm Bill. That's right, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a great bill. All the commodities are well pleased with it. So we're looking forward to getting it uh, to the president's desk. Now, what are some of the things that uh, you feel are going to be fixed this go-round uh, that maybe did not work for our, our producers, especially up there and around the Monroe area? Well, certainly in this 2018 Farm Bill, we're going to bring cotton back in the fold, uh, back to our PLC. Heretofore, it was in the stack program. That didn't work too well. Uh, talking to our bean, corn, rice, sugar farmers, they are uh, very pleased with what's in this 2018 Farm Bill. So I think uh, Chairman Conway and the committee have done a, a very good job of uh, making uh, most people uh, very happy. You know, I think what's going to make a lot of folks really happy is that this is actually happening in the year in which it's supposed to. We've had so many times where the farm bill was delayed and pushed off to the following year. How, how much work has it been for you, for everyone there in Congress, to get this ball moving so soon? For the last three years, we've been working fervently to get this on time, on target, and I really think we're going to actually be a little early. So that's a, a phenomenal uh, 
thing to do up here in D.C. So again, the president, hopefully with our bill, Senate bill, conference bill, will get to the president's uh, before the deadline. Now, you mentioned about on, on deadline, on target, normally on budget is another thing. About 80% of the farm bill is for food and nutrition programs. There have been some changes to SNAP and some that you, you've applauded. Oh, I applaud a lot of the changes. And again, this bill is uh, no extra money for SNAP. It's actually the entire bill is $112 billion less than what CBO allowed us to do. So it's a great bill fiscally, and it's a great bill uh, in a lot of other ways. On the SNAP issue, uh, we are going to mandate work requirements for certain recipients, certainly not all, not the children, not the disabled, not those that have uh, have to care for children less than six years of age. But for those that uh, can work, uh, we want them to uh, have the opportunity to get out, uh, get gainful employment. And if they can't find a job, then we're going to allow them to train with some educational programs, some school, in order to be qualified to get a job. Yeah, I think I liked part of what you said in your statement is that it should be a step-up program. You bet it is. It's, a, it's an on-ramp, not an off-ramp. This gives, again, hopefully, and I really truly think in my heart of hearts, that most people that are receiving SNAP benefits that can work, they do want to work. Now, I understand the economy, but the economy now is to a point where we have more jobs than we have able-bodied Americans to work them. So, this is a program that allows more people to become qualified to take those jobs that our economy needs. That will be a marriage literally made in heaven. Congressman, uh, how confident are you that this is going to go through without uh, much? I don't. I, there should be some debate, but I mean, without much resistance. Well, unfortunately, you know, in the last three to four weeks, the Democrats on the Agriculture Committee on the House, and I think the Senate side too, have pulled back simply because leadership on the Democrat side has told them that that they must resist everything Trump, so to speak. Their goal, as we all know, is to try to retake the House in 2018. But I want those people on that committee on the Democrat side that are going to oppose this bill to look their producers in the eye and said they voted against this bill and explain that. That's going to be a hard sell to uh, them on that side of the aisle. Well, I know that we are very happy back here at home in Louisiana that you're working so hard for us in Washington, D.C. And uh, I got I to gotta hit you up with the, the question that you know is coming. You know it's coming. You're talking to me. So have you made a decision yet on a gubernatorial run? Uh, we have not. We are still testing the waters, uh, assessing the issues. So, you know, the short answer is no. The long answer is we'll continue to uh, look at the positives and see where we go with it. Well, we really appreciate your hard work and dedication there in Washington, D.C. Congressman Ralph Abraham, Republican from Louisiana's 5th District. And thanks again to Avery Davidson for conducting that interview with Congressman Abraham from his Washington, D.C. office. And next week, we're going to focus on state issues. In our grassroots government segment, we'll talk to Joe Mapes. He's a lobbyist for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. We are right in the middle of the 2018 regular legislative session, and Joe will bring us up to date on all the agricultural issues that are going on in Baton Rouge at the state capitol. Coming up next, we'll talk to one of you. 
out in the field. We go up to northwest Louisiana and talk to Marty Wooldridge. He's a cattleman in Caddo Parish. We'll get his thoughts on how the spring has gone for him so far and how other producers are faring in his area of the state. That's coming up in the field next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Believe it or not, your food doesn't come from the grocery store. It just may have been grown on a farm right here in Louisiana. And those jeans you're wearing may have come from a Louisiana cotton farm. Louisiana's farmers and ranchers take pride in producing the food and fiber that we all use in our daily lives. So each time you sit down to a meal or get dressed for the day, thank a Louisiana farmer or rancher. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. We're taking you to the fields of Louisiana as we hear from one of you in the field on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. As we go out in the field, we talk to Marty Woldridge. He is a cattleman in Caddo Parish, way up in the northwest corner of Louisiana. And Marty, thanks for joining us on this very first Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Well, Kerry, thanks for giving me a holler today so we can talk about things. Hey, let's take a couple of uh, steps back and look back at something that happened a few weeks ago, Marty. I know you're the chairman of the Louisiana Farm Bureau's Livestock Advisory Committee. You guys took a bus trip, a whole bus full of Louisiana cattlemen up through Texas and Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago on your uh, annual beef tour. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, Why do you guys do that and how did it go? Well, uh, Kerry, you know, this was our fifth trip. Uh, We've done two to Texas, one to uh, Mississippi, one to Arkansas. The base of this trip, I guess, was to make it to Oklahoma this year. We take about 50 people every year. We've got cattlemen and cattlewomen from all over the state. We've got uh, a really diverse group of cow-calf and background people and replacement heifer people, but uh, we're always out there. We want to go and, and push them out there a little bit, let them talk to some different people out of our normal circles, and uh, they're just hearing other ideas. And the way I talk about these trips, if they go out there and they they see something new, or they hear something new, and if they just, if we got 50 people on there, if, if five of them come back and implement something new that makes them a little bit more progressive or brings a new idea back, then I feel like we've achieved our goal. Do you feel like this trip up to Oklahoma accomplished that goal this year? I know you guys saw some really nice cattle operations up there. You know, we did. Uh, you know, we're always trying to show them some new sources, uh, some different sources for some seed stock. And we definitely got that covered uh, heavily on the Angus side of things this year. But, you know, I've already received one phone call of someone that's wanting to talk about uh, how to send those calves to Oklahoma City. Got some people, you know, thinking about grouping a set of calves together in North Louisiana to try to get a set of calves up there late summer this year. And, of course, I know you visited the Oklahoma National Stockyards. That is the world's largest feeder cattle auction. Uh, what was the response from some of the folks on the trip to that? Well, you know, that's, uh, of course, it's a great piece of history to go see. Uh, it was kind of a rainy day that day, and they had pro- uh, projected some bad weather, so their numbers were down. But what a what a testament to time to see something that's lasted over 100 years. You've got, uh, I believe, seven different exchanges working through there currently. And, uh, you know, between between seeing that and then hearing this, this spiel at, uh, at the Noble Institute on preconditioning calves and trying to guarantee yourself 
uh, a bit of a premium, finding that bonus, building your own bonus into your uh, cow-calf program so that when you wean those calves, you hold them a little bit longer, get a, uh, get them straightened out, get the right shots in them, and then try to guarantee yourself a 10 to 15-cent bonus. Uh, you know, it's, it's taking every dollar we can make off these calves these, these past year or two to keep these operations alive, so it's only good business. Well, let's focus on Louisiana, Marty. I know you're way up in the northwest corner there uh, in Caddo Parish. It has been a cold and wet spring uh, throughout the state. I know you guys have definitely faced your challenges up there. I mean, you had some flooding once again this year, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Uh, You know, I guess that's about a month ago now. Uh, We spent about 10 days, two weeks with uh, 45% of one of our biggest pieces of pasture underwater. So uh, for that... uh, you know, that was about 500 acres, I guess, of pasture that went under just as the ryegrass and the clover was starting to come on. Um, turned those places nice and muddy brown once again. This is 2018, so we have now three out of the last four years, we've had some amount of flooding on that place uh, due to the river issues that we're facing with the Red River uh, and with some torrential rainfalls. Now, interesting enough, we were in a D2 drought designation. We got nine inches of rain over the month of February, and then we flooded. So, yes, there was a lot of water coming down the river also at the same time. It's still hard to believe how you could be that dry and the next thing you know, go to a flooding event. The ryegrass, the clover, was pretty much wiped out in those areas, but it's allowed the Bermuda to start on early. But, uh, you know, with these occasional chilly nights, uh, last Sunday we were right at 32, 33 degrees with light frost. Um I'm looking again here this weekend. We're looking at, uh, I think, Sunday night, Monday night. We're going to be like 38 degrees. So we're still catching some nights that are really still holding our growth back. A few people I saw around Natchitoches, Louisiana, uh, via Facebook. I see some friends that are rolling some ryegrass hay this week. Uh, Up here on where we're at, we really need another week or two more of growth before we've got enough to really cut in a lot of places. Has that caused any problems uh, as far as hay goes? Do you have enough to get you through all of this mess this spring? I I have the least amount of hay left over. I I think we rolled 4,000 bales last year. Uh, If I could count, if I could find 100 bales left over, that's about it. It's not the best quality. Getting a lot of phone calls from people looking for hay right now already. Um, You know, they're still trying to get through, but we just don't have anything to sell them. The hay market's really tight. So, um, you know, we're going to step out here in a few weeks, I guess, you know, historically first week of May, I hope to be in the field and up and rolling and and putting up a lot of dry hay off that first cutting. How's the condition of your cow herd uh, after this kind of spring and winter that we've had? You know, these cattle have really hurt. Um, You know, we, for the first time in my lifetime, we actually had some 10 degree, nine, 10 degree actual temp mornings that dropped into as low as two and three degree wind chills with a little bit of snow. Um, I don't care if it was skinny cow or if it was a fat cow. We have lost some cows, I think, due to it. They are starting to turn around with the greenery that we've gotten so far, but uh, I really wish our grass was stronger by now to help fill them up and give them some extra strength. We've got some cows that are finishing up calving. we got some cows that are finishing up raising some calves that we'll probably wean by June 1st and I really need the next 60 days for things to get a lot better than they have been. Marty, I really appreciate you joining us here on the podcast this week. Thanks a lot. All right, Kerry, we appreciate you doing it. 
Caddo Parish Cattleman Marty Wooldridge on this week's In the Field segment. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar to see what kind of meetings and events are coming up over the next week on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at lafarmbureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now to wrap up this week's podcast, let's take a look at what's coming up this week on the Louisiana Ag Calendar. Looking ahead at the Louisiana Ag Calendar, several meetings to talk about coming up this week. First, we'll start on Wednesday, April 18th, the LSU Ag Center hosting their 2018 Wheat and Oat Field Day. That's going to be at the Macon Ridge Research Station in Winsboro. The program starts with tours at 9 o'clock, and there will be a sponsored lunch at noon. Again, Wednesday, April 18th. On that same day, the 18th, the Ag Center is also holding one of their market-ready producer training workshops. They've scheduled eight of these throughout the state. This one on Wednesday, the 18th, will be in Baton Rouge. And, of course, if you need information on either one of those meetings, check out the LSU Ag Center's website, lsuagcenter.com. On Thursday and Friday, April 19th and 20th, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation's State Board of Directors will hold their regular meeting. They meet every other month. April is one of their meeting months. Thursday and Friday, they will hold their meeting at the state office in Baton Rouge. Also on the 20th, which is Friday, the Louisiana Grazing Lands Conservation Institute is hosting a mob grazing workshop. This is going to be in Moe, Louisiana. That's in Vermilion Parish. It will be held at Brookshire Farm. Now, they're bringing in someone all the way from South Africa. Ian Mitchell Ennis has been practicing holistic management for 20 years on his ranch in South Africa. He will be in Vermilion Parish this Friday at this mob grazing workshop. If you need more information, you can check out LouisianaGLCI.org, LouisianaGLCI.org, and they'll have more information on the mob grazing workshop coming up Friday, April the 20th. Also on the Ag Calendar on the 20th and 21st is the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation's Young Farmer and Rancher Committee Livestock Show. They've held this show every year for the last several years. It's been very successful. That is coming up Friday and Saturday at the LSUA DeWitt Livestock Facility. That's at the LSUA campus just south of Alexandria. If you need more information on the Livestock Show, check out lafarmbureau.org. That is a look at the Ag Calendar coming up over the next week, and that puts the wraps on this very first edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. I hope you found it informative and enjoyed it as well, and we'll see you again right here next week. 
In the meantime, be sure to connect with us in several places online. First, our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org, or you can use the short version, voiceoflaag.org. Either one of those will get you to the site. We update that site every weekday with the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. And, of course, you can find the latest videos from the weekly television show, This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, right there on the website. You can connect with us on social media. On Facebook, we're at Voice of LA Ag, and we're at Voice of LA Ag on Twitter. Check out both of those accounts. We update those daily as well with the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. We'll see you back right here next week on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Join us again next week. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.